Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. I want to start this podcast with having you take just a quick body scan. And as you're just scanning your body, kind of feeling what's going on with yourself, I especially want you to check in with your energy levels, like right now. It only take a couple of seconds. And one of the things that I love about body scans is that it really kind of tells you what your body is intuitively needing. And I love doing body scans before going to bed at night. And also, most importantly, when I wake up in the morning to kind of see, okay, how am I doing? And then I check my whoop strap to see what my body recovery score is, my sleep score is, to kind of see, does it align with how I'm feeling in the morning? But what I love about this is it's such an easy check-in and you can really rate your energy levels. And if you even want, you can think about the last week or even the last month and kind of gauge how your energy levels have been. So are you rocking some serious energy from sunup to sundown? Or do you find that your energy levels decline slowly throughout the day, especially by 4 or 5 p.m.? Now, as we approach Mother's Day, which I cannot tell you how excited I am for Mother's Day, it's the perfect time to really evaluate where we are, not just as mom, because I get that not all of us are mamas, but as women. Do we have the kind of health, energy, vitality, and strength that we need to show up for the most important people in our lives, our family, our friends, our coworkers, even the communities that we live in? If not, then we get to up-level our energy by really taking care of ourselves. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your energy levels now that you checked in? One, being completely depleted, like you're having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning and having a hard time functioning throughout the day with everyday tasks. Or 10, being you are waking up with rock star energy. You're like my toddler. You're like hopping out of bed, ready to go, right? Everyone's trying to get a piece of that energy and it just continues throughout the day. Now, right now, if I were to honestly rate myself, I would rate myself at about a 6.5. And let me tell you, that is not how I started my year. I actually started my year around an 8.5. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was a 9, but it was pretty high up there. And because I felt so good coming into 2023, I made some major declarations. One of those was, I'm going to get into the best metabolic health and best shape of my life. And I knew a part of that was lifting heavy weights and really just kind of pushing a couple different levers in a way that I thought, well, man, I have the capacity to do so. But by the end of March, I started to feel pretty run down and a bit burned out. I was staying up later than I needed to. I was working out more, like pushing it really hard more than I needed to. And I began to realize, oh goodness, like I'm heading into troubled waters. And so I spent a big chunk of April just kind of rolling back, um, being very, very diligent about getting deep restful sleep, going to bed early, really nourishing my body stepping back the workouts and really doing everything I could to replenish my reserves. And so my intention is that I'm still building myself back up to that 8.5. But what I love is that I know what it takes to get there. And we're going to be talking about that today. So now that you took that quick energy assessment, that self-assessment, and you've got your energy score, right? be, Be truthful about it. I want you to take a moment and imagine what it would feel like to experience just a bit more energy, like 20 to 30%, 30 days from now. 
What would that look like? Moving a score of five up to seven or a six up to eight in the next 30 days. How would that feel for you? And what if it was possible, right? How would you feel if 30% more energy just came your way, especially when you need it most? And that is literally what we're talking about today, how we can get you you know, 20 to 30% more energy 30 days from now with the tips and strategies that I'm going to be sharing. Now, in my pursuit of long-lasting all-day energy, and I definitely have a why to back that up, because sometimes I feel like when we're in the process of doing the habits and working the lifestyle, that we need a why bigger than ourselves to really kind of push us through the days that we just don't want to do it, right? Um, But what I've learned in this pursuit is that you absolutely can reclaim your health by simply making a few adjustments and adding in a little more self-care into your life. Now, I'm not talking about the fluffy self-care because I never am. I'm talking about the non-negotiable self-care, right? Getting to bed early, making sure that you are well supplemented and you've got all your metabolically loving foods, keeping your blood sugar balanced, um, making sure that you're moving your body in a way that really serves you and supports you. Like those are the things that I'm talking about. And today, I'm going to give you eight game-changing tips and self-care strategies that will help you step into your power and achieve the kind of health, energy, and vitality that you deserve. These are not difficult to add into your life because that's not the intention. I mean, my goal is to always get you from point A to point B as quick as possible by offering you the levers that are going to be the most worthwhile and that are going to make the biggest difference. Um, Because that's the deal, right? I mean, I don't have time for anything less than the levers that are going to make the biggest difference. So the first lever that I'm going to pull today, number one of the eight, is get yourself some better, more higher quality sleep. As I mentioned earlier, I'm on a mission to improve my own sleep patterns right now. And not just because I've been waking up feeling a little tired (laughs) these past couple of years, um, but because I know how powerful and healing deep restful sleep can be. In fact, there is epic research, meta research, that links chronically poor sleep with increased risk of many serious health diseases, including mood and mental health issues, chronic fatigue, heart disease, blood sugar deregulation, diabetes, you name it. Now on the flip side, getting good sleep on a regular basis will help you maintain healthy weight, It'll help you balance out your blood sugar, which is a part of the maintaining your healthy weight puzzle, boost your immune system and avoid getting sick, reduce stress, anxiety, and even brain fog, especially brain fog, increase your energy, help you feel happy, and especially help you feel more joyful because you've got the energy to really experience the awe and wonder and so much more. So here are just a few simple, quick and easy ways to improve your sleep, like literally today. First, what I recommend is that, you know, evaluate how much sleep you're really getting. I don't know if you're wearing a wearable like an Apple Watch or a Whoop strap or even a Fitbit, but I do recommend or an Aura Ring, which is probably the best. I think Whoop straps are really great as well. But if you could just measure your sleep and see kind of where you land. One of the things that was kind of like an aha moment for me was if I want eight hours of sleep, I need to be in bed for nine hours because there's going to be sleep disturbances. It's going to take you a minute to get to sleep. Like if you want a solid eight, be in bed like for nine and a half hours to really guarantee the solid eight hours of sleep. Like I used to think that, okay, 
if I want to be up at 6 a.m. and I want, you know, I want eight hours of sleep, that means I need to be, you know, I need to be in bed at 10. But then I realized I was only clocking like six and a half to seven. I was like, what? And so I know now if I want to get that eight hours, I need to be in bed by nine, right? Guaranteed to ensure and even earlier sometimes. And so again, just be really real about the time it takes you to get to sleep, you know, how often you're getting disrupted. For me, it's multiple times a night. And so, you know, it all just adds up. Um, Next, you want to make sure that you, the last meal, I'm talking snacks, all of it, happens at least three hours before bed. Um, No screens, one to two hours before bed. That includes cell phones and Kindles. Make sure that you have dim lights in the room. You're keeping the room at a really cool temperature so that you're not just hot and sweaty and, uh, and you're being disrupted there. Avoid booze and smoking of any kind before going to bed because that totally messes with you. I was just reading um, an article on Whoopstrap on the Whoop about what are things that will absolutely mess with your sleep and guaranteed what's going to mess with your heart rate variability, what's going to mess with your recovery score, what's going to mess with your sleep is always, always, always going to be booze. Alcohol is going to mess it up. Even I, even if you get 10 hours of sleep that night, you're still going to, your body is still going to take a hit. And I don't know what the research is on smoking, but I have a feeling that smoking isn't doing anyone any favors either. Um, no caffeine in the afternoon, unless you know you can like push until four, or push until three, like know your body. But if there's like a cutoff, like 4 p.m. seems to be a sweet cutoff for a lot of people, then make sure that you're not drinking past four. And then what I'd recommend too is try some sleep enhancing supplements. Things like my Zen Sleep, which has 5-HTP, it's got chamomile, it's got passion flower, it's got a little bit of, a tiny, tiny bit of melatonin, and it is amazing. Um, And then also consider magnesium. So I find that especially if you're cycling, during the follicular phase of your cycle, around 600 milligrams is a great place to land. And again, you know your body better than you, so kind of play with this. But in the luteal phase, that second part of your cycle, especially the week leading up to your period, just feels like we just need a little bit more support, especially that glycinate, the magnesium, the glycine with the magnesium. And so I I often recommend 800 milligrams to a gram of magnesium glycinate um, to really help support deep restful sleep. Um, So just something to consider. I I take anywhere between six and 800 milligrams of magnesium before going to bed with my magnesium restore supplement. And I will have the link to in the show notes for both of those supplements. I actually sell them as a sleep bundle in case you're looking for an incredible little little solution about, you know, I usually take them about 45 minutes before going to bed. Number two, move your body. Ooh, there is nothing that's going to help your body generate more energy. Movement generates and signals more energy production. Now, the CDC tells us that more than 60% of women do not get enough physical activity. And if I'm being honest, the number is probably much higher as many as 25% of women do not move at all. They are living a sedentary lifestyle. And being sedentary is a silent killer. Super scary, especially because we're not moving enough. It's one of the leading causes of high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, various cancers, heart disease, and so much more, not to mention weight gain and hormonal imbalance. Here's the thing about sedentary that I think is a really important um, thing to note is that you could have a big workout in the morning. You could take a Peloton class or you could do a HIIT class or whatever you're doing and then sit at your desk for eight hours and that's still considered a sedentary life. Like we have got to be moving throughout the day. 
And the way that I do that is I would say one of my, I wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure. One of my pleasure pleasures, like a pleasure stack is walking. I, I take four walking breaks a day. I would say three to four, sometimes five walking breaks a day where I am walking about, I would say 20 minutes. I take 20 minute breaks because there's, there is 20 minute breaks, multiple 20 minute breaks in our day. And there's just something about being out in nature that is so energizing and it just clears my mind and reduces stress levels. I mean, the benefits, I always try to walk after meals because that's where you help to stabilize blood sugar and help your metabolism, your digestive system. And so, but I also know that by walking throughout the day, I actually walked for 40 minutes before doing this podcast. And right now it's almost 5 p.m. Um, it, it just, it ensures that you are not sedentary and it just becomes so important at, at any age, honestly, but especially as we get older. So what I recommend, what should you do? You want to go for around, you, so what you want to aim for is 150 minutes of exercise per week with at least two days of strength training and aim for 7,500 steps minimum per day. So anything less than 7,500 steps is considered low activity. I think anything under 5,000 steps is considered a sedentary lifestyle. So um, 7,500 to 11,000 is active. um, And then anything over 11,000 is very active. And so my goal every single day is at least 12,000 steps. I often range anywhere between 14 and 17,000 steps. And I will tell you, since I have implemented walking consistently every single day, and I average, like I said, usually I land between 14 and 17,000. Um, and again, I get all my work done. I'm doing mom stuff, you know, like getting where you fit in. Um, I just I just really do just getting where I fit in. I just feel so much better. Like, And especially since I've been trading some of my hardcore workouts just for walking again, I'm still doing a lot of strength training throughout the week, but nothing near what I was doing in February and March. Um, I will tell you, I just feel more like, again, I'm beginning to feel more and more energized throughout the day because of these walks. Um, and I, I know that I am, I am not living a sedentary lifestyle, which I think is so, so important. Um, now you definitely do not have to ramp it up overnight. Um, but I highly recommend if you are not, um, tracking your steps and I will tell you just tracking your steps with the phone is not going to get the job done in the in the sense that you're not going to have your phone with you all the time. Your phone isn't going to be accurate. I tried doing that with my phone. I don't really want to carry my phone all the time personally. So again, there are pedometers you can get, really inexpensive Fitbits that you can get. Maybe you've got a you know you've got a narr- another type of wearable like an Apple Watch or a Garmin watch. But if you can track your steps so that you know exactly where you're landing, and it's a great tool of accountability. We know that even if you can just, you know, get up to 7,500 to 10,000 steps is a wonderful goal and big achievement. And so my recommendation is if you see yourself clocking only 5,000 or 6,000, that kind of work your way up. Maybe it's an extra thousand a week that you're trying to get, you know, you're trying to add to. And it will get easier and easier the more that you build up over time. But I will tell you, walking is one of the, it's one of the easiest for the most part for most of us. Um, one of the most low impact, one of the most joyful things that we can do. If you're like me, there are walking meditations and books to listen to and podcasts. Maybe you're walking right now and listening to this podcast. If you are, yes, yes, yes. All right, number three, eat for your metabolism. I cannot stress this enough. I mean, 
honestly, <laughs> you can lose weight without moving your body. And, and it's really 80% of the equation, right? I would say moving your body is 20% of the equation. What you put in your body, the molecular information, the substrates, that is 80% of the, um, of the formula. So the Dietary Guidelines for Americans emphasize a diet rich in nutrient-dense foods like organic vegetables and whole fruits, whole grains, and lean proteins. Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst, especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. My Belly Slim Down Guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat, along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the Belly Slim Down Guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slimdown. That's drmarisa.com slash slimdown, and the link will be in the show notes. You also want to be mindful of how much healthy fat, fiber, and protein you're getting at every single meal because those are going to be really beneficial for your, just, your overall longevity. In other words, worry less about calories in versus calories out and focus more on building metabolically healthy meals that keep your metabolism rocking and your blood sugar balanced. Honestly, if, if you could know your blood sugar like you know your bank account, like that's how important it is. Now, I dedicated an entire podcast to building metabolically healthy meals and I highly recommend you go and check it out. It's episode 383, and I talk about all of the components that make up a epic, metabolically healthy meal that is going to nourish you and ensure that you live the most incredible life with the most incredible energy. I mean, if longevity is the name of the game, episode number 383 is where it's at. And you'll, of course, want to reduce and ultimately eliminate added sugars, ultra-processed foods, as well as vegetable and seed oils and alcohol, right? Those things are not doing us any favors. Um, and ditching added sugar and processed foods can significantly lower your risk of all-cause mortality, cardiovascular disease like stroke and heart attack, obesity, breast cancer, colon and rectum cancer, and type 2 diabetes, right? And if you want, I have a full episode on the 10 massive benefits of cutting out added sugar um, for, you know, really living a beautiful and high-energy life. So Sometimes I know we need to know the big benefits of cutting out added sugar or cutting out anything that may be in our life. 
And that episode is such a great, great kind of synopsis of why it's such a good idea. In a nutshell, to eat for your metabolism, you should, again, build metabolically healthy meals, focus on healthy fat, fiber, and protein, opt for as many micronutrient and antioxidant-rich foods that you can get your hands on. So again, organic fruits and veggies, make sure that you know the clean 15 um, and the dirty dozen so you can work off of that, especially green leafy greens, cruciferous veggies, and low glycemic high fiber fruits, even things like chia seeds. I sprinkle chia seeds on everything these days, smoothies, salads, soups. I mean, I'm all about adding as much fiber as possible. Um, Flax seeds, basil seeds, these are like high fiber foods, avocados, blueberries, any any berries, raspberries, right? Because they have all those seeds in them. And then um, you also want to be focusing on getting some fermented foods. The current research shows that both a high fiber diet and a diet that has got, you know, four to five servings of fermented foods, again, which I talk about all in that metabolically healthy episode, um, those are going to be the things that really help to support our gut microbiome that really supports our metabolism. Um, Avoid added sugar, processed foods, and alcohol. Choose quality protein such as grass-fed meat and bone broth, pasture-raised poultry, wild-caught fish. I mean, you know the deal. And then also there's vegetarian sources of protein as well, things like lentils and beans, you know, quinoa. There's ways to get protein from multiple sources. Number four is track your blood glucose levels with a continuous glucose monitor or a glucose stick, right? A, A finger prick Stick. I personally prefer the CGM because it is real-time data and you don't have to prick your finger. Um, it's really nice. I actually literally just took one off yesterday. And I know I talk a lot about wearing a continuous glucose monitor because they are freaking amazing. In the last two years that I have worn one, I have, I have I wouldn't call it significantly dropped my blood sugar or fasting blood sugar, but I've kept it super steady within optimal range. So this last time I wore it, we started our 14-day detox. Alex and I started it early. We started it a couple weeks ago. And I had the CGM on. So I always like to wear a CGM when we're doing my detox program. And it was so incredible. So optimal levels throughout the day from fasting, from sun up to sundown. These are optimal levels. So I, I don't want to, hopefully I don't trigger you in any way. But um, this is just based on the research. 70 milligrams per deciliter to 110 milligrams per deciliter. And some would say maybe even up to 120 milligrams per deciliter. We're talking about even post meals. But I looked at my blood sugar throughout the 14 days that I had the the monitor. And I I think I hit 120 once. Um, And I I don't know exactly why it was. What I have learned is fasted workouts, you know, require a lot of glycogen release to feed the muscles. So I will see big bumps due to fasted workouts. Um, But, you know, I wasn't even sure what it was. Um, Because when you are able to implement good blood sugar hacks and eat metabolically healthy foods, you're really mindful about the the type of, you know, nourishing foods that you put into your body. And you've been working with, again, I've been working to keep my blood sugar in a really great place. And that's by consistently being good at walking, eating early, making sure that my, my, my breakfast, the first meal of the day is a metabolically healthy meal. Often it's leftovers. Um, making sure that I'm taking my supplements, that I'm doing the best I can to, to get good sleep, uh, that I am, I'm not having dessert. And if I have a little something around that, it's always after a meal that I'm walking after meals. Like I'm doing a lot of things that I'm pairing my meals with fiber and protein and healthy fats. 
Um, and just really being, again, very mindful of the things that are really going to love up and nourish my body. And what I've learned is that I am keeping my blood sugar in amazing optimal range. There's no fluctuations, which is amazing. And, and that hasn't been the case every time I've worn a CGM, but I've noticed that this year in particular, when I've worn it, this is my third time wearing one this year, that every single time I've put one on, that my blood sugar has been just solid. Um, and that makes me really happy because that really goes to show that I am well positioned for good metabolic health heading into you know my mid to late 40s and beyond. As long as I am continuing to operate like this and pivoting in a way that really supports my metabolic health. And that's really the name of the game. Like if indeed we want to stay lean and we want to have energy and we want to have endurance, and we want to feel really good and into our late 40s and into our 50s and 60s and beyond, everything we can do to get ourselves into good metabolic status as early as possible is what's going to set us up for that. And that's why I'm so committed and so devoted to sharing this information with you because I know that that is what it's going to take. You know, I wish that it was just as simple as, you know, hormone replacement therapy or, um, you know, just, you know, reducing stress levels. Um, obviously a player, a, a root cause player against blood sugar, but it's really about dialing in our metabolism and pulling the levers that are going to get us there. And, and what I'm talking about today is specifically about that, right? The sleep, the movement, um, eating for your metabolism, you know, tracking your blood sugar so that you know exactly where you stand and that you can make pivots accordingly. Um, but this is the kind of thing that I think we just have to be super mindful of or it's going to slip you know, out of our realm. We're not going to know about it until it's too late, until we're pre-diabetic or we're heading into type 2 diabetes. And the reason why I say that is currently 88% of women at the age of 45 years old have at least one marker of metabolic dysfunction. And often it is a fasting blood sugar of over 100 milligrams per deciliter, or it's triglycerides over 150 milligrams per deciliter, you know, and so it's it's these markers that are really being driven by poor blood sugar regulation and glucose intolerance, and yet no one no one set us up for success. No one told us why we need to be paying attention to this and what we need to do to make those changes. And that's literally why I'm having this conversation with you today. And it all translates into you having the energy to thrive. So when it comes to a continuous glucose monitor, I feel like I, I pleaded the case for why it's so important. But the data from a CGM can show you how your blood sugar responds to a variety of lifestyle factors like your diet, obviously your diet, exercise, what does that look like, your sleep, when you're stressed, you'll definitely see it. And if you have, if you ever consider a whoop strap, it literally tracks your stress um, in, in real time too and your heart rate variability so that you know, you're like, oh goodness, wow. Like I was, that was a very stressful time and my stress meter was off the charts. These, these, these real-time biohacking wearables just can really give us an evaluation of what's going on with our body and real, an opportunity to make real-time changes so that we're really taking care of our body and that we are ensuring that we are well-resourced because we deserve it. Um, and so, again, blood sugar can tell you all those things, especially helpful when, you know, what, what you're eating. Is it having a profound impact on your blood sugar? Is it is it putting you on the blood sugar roller coaster? Is your breakfast doing that? Is that snack at 2 p.m. doing that? Is that late night snack doing that? All this information is so important because over time, you keep having deregulated blood sugar issues 
And then it lends to, you know, again, obesity, diabetes, heart disease. A lot of people think that it's, you know, it's um, a waist circumference, um, having excessive belly fat, or it is being overweight that's driving insulin resistance, but it's the opposite. Insulin resistance is driving those, um, those side effects. Now, do those things impact and cause greater insulin resistance? Absolutely. It's like a feedback loop. But you had to have had insulin resistance first before you ever had belly fat, before you ever was holding on to weight, before you ever had um, you ever had crazy cravings, or you ever you know had you know what you know whatever whatever those metabolic changes that are happening in you, insulin resistance had to come first. So one of the best ways that we can kind of gauge where our insulin resistance is is based on what's happening with our blood sugar in real time. And personally, the the last couple of CGMs that I wore. Um, I used NutriSense and I do love NutriSense because they give you a dietitian for the first month. Um, I find that their, their, their app is very easy to use. Um, it's very easy to like put in what you ate and really track what's going on and get real amazing insights. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of ease and grace with NutriSense. Um, but you know, Levels Health is also a really, really great one too. And what I do have right now, if you are interested in getting a CGM with NutriSense, I have a discount code at the moment. If you visit NutriSense.io slash Marisa and use my code Marisa, you'll get $30 off and one month of free dietitian support. So I will have that in the show notes as well for you to go and check it out in case even just for a month, you want to see what's going on with your blood sugar. And if there's anything that you need to do to make pivots or changes, or if you want to learn like what is it that you're doing super, super well that is driving really incredible blood sugar levels and keeping you really steady. Because again, that is the name of the game. Number five, proactively managing your mental health. I'm not going to lie. It's always shocking to me when I hear about, gosh, everybody struggles with mental health. These issues can be no joke in terms of affecting your quality of life, and more and more women are coming forward with issues that need to be addressed, that deserve to be addressed. In fact, every single year, one in five women in the U.S. experience a mental health problem. Women are more likely than men to experience major depression, PTSD, eating disorders, and anxiety disorders. These conditions can take an extreme mental toll and even a physical toll, right? Mental health problems like depression can actually increase your risk for developing chronic illnesses because they affect your metabolic health, including heart rate, blood circulation, and stress hormones. Now, the good news is that you can really help to support your body in a beautiful way when it comes to, you know, struggling with mental health issues. So here are a couple of my recommendations. You know, it's really getting to the root cause of what is going on. Is it nutrition? Is it hormones? Is it gut? Like kind of figuring out, right, what what is kind of a driver is it perceived stress? Perceived stress? Is it past trauma? And one of the things that I've done to, again, I've been a stressaholic. I've had anxiety. I've had a lot of trauma. And so, you know, it's daily practice that I find can really help to support us. Listening to music that you love, meditating, breath work, um, you know, mindfulness techniques and practices, dancing to kind of move that energy out to one of your favorite songs. Again, eating healthy, well-balanced meals, limiting alcohol and caffeine, even smoking. Get good quality sleep, especially when you're stressed and anxious. That could be a major player here. Exercise daily to feel good and maintain your mental health. Walking is such a perfect thing, just a perfect way to do that. Um, keep a journal, like something like my self-care journal or whatever journal that you love. 
And then talk to friends and family, right? One of the things that can really trump especially high levels of cortisol and anxiousness and feeling overwhelmed is the hormone oxytocin and the way that it's our deep connection hormone. You know, women, we are we are driven to um, just tend and befriend. And that so helps us to regulate our nervous system and our autonomic sympathetic nervous system that can be on high alert. Um, oxytocin can just calm all of that down. And it could be hugging a dog or hugging a family member or calling a bestie and just really feeling supported and having that deep connection, that is a game changer, right? We know that that deep connection can really shift things for people. And when we are isolated, socially isolated, that can really lend to more of an issue. So again, there's a lot of recommendations out there. It's really important to find what works best for you, but those are just some things that I would recommend. Number six, stay hydrated and spice up your your water, so I love, I love water. <laughs> and so does my son, Kingston. Thank goodness. He is a water drinker. As you know, our bodies depend on water for survival. So not getting enough is crucial for your health. Still, so many women do not get enough water. We are a dehydrated group of people. So getting enough water prevents dehydration, which can cause unclear thinking, changes in mood, constipation, kidney stones, right? There's a lot of negative side effects to feeling dehydrated hangry, hungry. Oftentimes we we are actually need we're actually thirsty, but it cues up as hunger, so just something to think about. And staying hydrated also helps the body keep a normal temperature. Um, it helps to lubricate and cushion joints, protect our spinal cord and other sensitive tissues, and help get rid of waste through urination, perspiration and bowel movements, right? Our cells are constantly moving out what they don't need and bringing in what they new need, but they need water to do that. According to the Mayo Clinic, women should drink about 11.5 cups of fluid per day. Again, figuring out what's right for you is the name of the game. Keep in mind that this recommendation includes fluids that you get from water and other beverages and food. Now, if you're not a water drinker or <laughs> you find it so boring, right? Squeeze in some fresh lemon or lime. Or, you know, one of the things that I'm doing every single morning is I am I'm doing an electrolyte um, by Element. And they've got like orange salt, citrus salt, raspberry salt, even chocolate salt <laughs> and grapefruit salt. Um, and so I do like a half packet of raspberry salt or orange salt into my Stanley, which is a 30 ounce Stanley cup. And I put in some ice, I fill it all up, I shake it all up and I, I just pound it. I, it's the first thing I do in the morning is I drink like 30 ounces of water out the gate with the electrolytes. Because one of the things that I was discovering is although I was drinking a ton of water, I wasn't retaining all my water. And um, especially because I'm breastfeeding still, like I had been, even on my labs, it was showing that I was, you know, borderline dehydrated. I was like, gosh, you know, what do I need to do? And I was like, I go, I just need to add electrolytes in. And so I fell in love with the Element electrolytes. Like I said, they have all kinds of, of wonderful varieties. And I, we have a, just a plethora of them at the house and I just, I'm again, I mix a half of one. I'll do another half later on in the day, usually before and after a workout. And I will tell you, I am far more hydrated now and I know it. So that's just something to consider if you're looking to kind of spice up your water. It doesn't spike your blood sugar, doesn't do anything to your blood sugar. Um, and, and it really does. I feel like I've felt more energized in the morning when adding the element um, little drink powder, the electrolyte powder to my water. Number seven incorporate more self-care into your life. Obviously, self-care is my best kept secret to radiant health and feeling 
And here are my top personal recommendations for you. Again, I've been talking about it throughout this whole episode, walk in nature, right? Go for a 15 to 30 minute walk several times a day. (laughs) I mean, several times a week, but if you can do during the day, yes. Um, This is one of my three self-care commitments this whole year is walking several times a day. And honestly, like I said, it is doing at least 12,000 steps a day, but I average again, 14,000 or more. And it is easy. It feels good. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. And my pleasure stack is going to the walk, having my water or coffee with me, depending on what time of the day it is, and listening to an amazing podcast or listening to a great book. So, and I'm just, and taking in nature. So I'm doing multiple things that I absolutely love all at the same time. It feels so good right now because it's a spring. Everyone's flowers are blooming in their yards. Um, We live um, walking distance to the ocean and to all the surfers out um, at the ocean. We live in between two big surfing beaches here in Encinitas, California. And so it is so fun to go and watch the surfers and watch the waves and just, it's just so peaceful and beautiful. And so that's what I always walk to every single day, multiple times a day as I walk to the beach and I watch the surfers and then I walk back. So walking is such a powerful, powerful way, especially in nature, to help reset your stress, your mood, your blood sugar, your digestion, and to help your body tell your mitochondria, let's make more. Let's make more mitochondria. Number two, play your favorite song and dance. I love impromptu dance parties, especially in the morning and at dinner. Go tech-free with the digital detox for the first hour of your morning or the last hour of the evening so that you can really focus on connection or reading a good book or doing some great self-care. Take a whiff of citrus essential oils like grapefruit or wild orange um, and just kind of jump, do some jumping jacks, move your body, maybe do a yoga pose or two to just kind of just, again, get into your body um, and kind of just be, just have that mindfulness and that presence. Um, call or voice memo a bestie. Um, I do this all the time. I did this today. I, I voice memoed, I think, three best friends of mine today to do a quick check-in. I just love just sending them so much love and then hopefully maybe hearing back from them that day or the next day. Um, take five minutes to breathe or do a mindfulness meditation. Um, there are so many great apps for this. Um, write down what you're grateful for and set an intention for five minutes in the morning and evening. I feel like gratitude is one of the most powerful things that we can do to elevate more joy in our life and to feel so, so good. And I really feel like the name of the game is, you know, it feels good to feel good. Like, how can we create more feel good in our lives? Because we deserve it, right? Um, And again, if you're looking for a little journal, uh, my daily self-care journal is a great little place to start. And then make yourself a tea or uh, iced tea or a caffeine-free adaptogenic drink in the evening. I love my Cacao Calm from Living Ratio. Amazing company. Oh my gosh. The Cacao Calm is just so epic. We have a little um, almond milk frother, so I'll make the whole thing with some cinnamon. Amazing. Um, The other companies that you may look into, Organifi, Rasa, Living Ratio, those are my three favorites. But the cacao drink from Living Ratio is just bar none. I mean, I have never had anything as delicious as that. And that's it. Um, those are the self-care recommendations. I realized now that those were seven, not eight, but I feel like that's plenty, plenty to start. And I definitely went on a lot of tangents today and like dove deeper into specific areas that I thought would really help move the needle for you. 
And again, if you are looking to track your blood sugar, I think that knowing your blood sugar levels, again, it's equally as important to knowing other numbers in your life, including your bank account numbers. Um, and as I mentioned before, I do have a discount code um, for NutriSense. I will have it in the show notes again. And if you love these tips today, be sure to subscribe for more easy tips to heal your hormones and to upgrade your health. And if you get a moment, just take a second and rate the podcast. We crossed over 800 reviews. Yes. And um, my big audacious goal is a thousand. I know that when we cross that thousand mark, you know, it's just there's more visibility for the show. Um, there's more women going to get you know, access to the show. And so I do have a, a big audacious goal. I'm ho- holding the vision that we hit it this year um, because I do want women to step into their power and become the CEO of their health. And women deserve this information more than ever, especially because we are struggling in a lot of ways in terms of our metabolic health. And the more that women can have access to this kind of info, just simple changes over time can make the biggest difference. And until the next episode, have an amazing day.